Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 4. And while you're turning there, let me read from Philippians 2, verse 12. It says in Philippians 2, verse 12, Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. I've been called a fear monger, as some of you know, using the weakness of our flesh, and the weakness of our flesh is something to fear. We should fear. Our Lord tells us to fear. He tells, He inspired Paul to tell us to fear. Examine ourselves. Are we in the faith? In Hebrews 1, 4 verse 1, we read these words, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Folks, it's like I said a moment ago in my prayer. Looking unto Christ. Looking unto Him is not just a one-time thing. It's a over and over and over again. It's the same thing as coming to the table of remembrance. To remember what our Savior has done for us. To remember who it is that our faith is in. It's in Him. Because of His graciousness, He has given us the gift to believe His Word. And we know that that is a gift because we all know what it was once to not believe, don't we? We didn't know it then. Many of us thought we believed a lot of things, didn't we? But it wasn't until through the preaching of His Word, through the preaching of His truth, the truth of who He is, God in the flesh, and what He's done. He saved His people. He saved you and I. Those for whom He has loved from before the world was. And where He is right now, sitting on His throne. He's God. Death couldn't hold Him. Absolutely not. Fear. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest. Examine yourselves. Are you in the faith? The Lord is telling us that we ought to fear lest we also, after hearing the gospel and professing to believe it, should fall short of eternal life. Just like those Jews who perished in the wilderness. That's what the Lord is telling us here. Lord, is it I? A am I one? And, and we've seen, you and I, have seen those who come so close to the gospel declaring that they believe the gospel and they turn around and walk out those doors and never come back and never go anywhere else as far as we know. And I'm not talking about just one man and his family. Some of you were here during a split and saw the very thing that I'm talking about. Witnessed it. Witnessed it. People that you thought, oh my goodness, how could that person leave the gospel? 
Our Lord tells us it's simple as this. They went out from us because they were never of us. Folks, if we're kept, we're only kept by one thing, and it's not by what we do. We're kept by the power of God and Him alone. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10.12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed. Take heed, you people. Take heed, John Reeves. I was talking with Kathy this morning. I'm your pastor. You're my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not ashamed to tell you that I am so weak in the faith at times. I wonder what am I doing right here in this pulpit. And, and I've searched after men. I've, I've searched to men. Gone to them in, in tears with, with, with who John Reeves is. I'm not a Don Fortner. I don't come to that office and study seven days a week. I wish I did, but I don't. That's not who I am. And, I, and, I, and I'm wondering to myself, what am I doing in the pulpit? I've, I've, I've read articles from men who I esteem with great... I just I put them up on a pedestal, even though I know I shouldn't. And they tell... The, you should never, if, if you don't go, if, if you don't go to that office and study the way a minister should, you shouldn't even be in the pulpit. And they're right. But I'm looking to the wrong place. Folks, God put me here. I didn't want this. And if he doesn't want me anymore, he'll take me out. I don't have to sit here and wonder whether I need to leave or not. He will take me out. Which is the way it should be. Folks, we, we can fall into such easy, easy confidence in this flesh that we have and that we stand in. I know. I'm one. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That's what that says. Let us not come up short of the promise of eternal life life like those foolish virgins described by our Lord. Rather, let us run. Let us ever run with the patience, the race that is set before us. This is what God has for us. It's, it's our next step. Well, what is that? I don't know, but God will light, God will guide us. Mike was saying, you know, we were talking about that. Yeah, we, we can make choices, and that's the sin within us, as Mike said. He's absolutely right about that. But in the end of it, after it's all done, I assure you this. I assure you this, it was the purpose of God for it to be done that way. He's God. Let us never, ever forget that He's the one who's working this all out. He's the one who's purposing it good for you, Mike. No matter what it is you're going through right now. You ready to go home? God's not ready for you yet. Or at least not as of this moment, right now. Thank goodness, but you know, I never know. Maybe this afternoon could be the, could be the time. Pastor Gene has started saying that a lot lately. You never know, John. Today could be the day. Say goodbye like it's my last. Okay, Pastor. Have a great day. I love you. I love you too. Let us ever run, folks, the race that God has before us. Let us ever run the race that he has before us. That is set before us, ever looking, always looking to Christ, trusting his blood, seeking his righteousness, 
and seeking to know him better. Turn over to Philippians chapter 3. Paul is talking about the things that we have that he had in this world. The confidence in the flesh that he had, as it says in verse 4. He was circumcised, as it says in verse 3. Circumcised in verse 5, as it says in verse 5, the eighth day of the stock of Israel. He had so much of what we see in God's Word that he could have felt like there was confidence in. But here's what he says about those things. Verse 7, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Aren't you thankful that we're weak in faith? The more I read God's Word, the more I'm thankful that I, I... If I started getting real strong in faith, and if I ever do, I pray the Lord will cut my feet out from underneath me in a hurry and put me right back where I need to be, and that's in the dust. Giving Him the praise for my faith. Giving Him the praise and the glory for everything about me. Paul said there, he says, I count loss for... I, I, those things I counted as lost for the Christ. Verse 8, yea, doubtless. Philippians 3, verse 8. He said, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency, for the perfection, for the, for the precious, precious knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but done that I may win Christ. Verse 9, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, and be found in Him. <laughs> Here's that looking to Christ again. Here's that looking to Christ. Be found in Him. He says, Paul, Paul writes, grow, or Peter, I, mean, I think it's Peter, he says, grow in grace and in what? And in the knowledge <laughs> in the knowledge of who Christ is, in the knowledge of what He's done, in, in the knowledge of where He is right now, and be found in Him, in verse 9 it says, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse 10, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained it, neither had already perfected, perfect, but I follow after, if that I may uh, apprehend that for which I also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things, those, those things that he now counts as done, those weaknesses in the flesh, those sinful things that we used to think. Forgetting those things which were behind and reaching forth. Do you catch that? It's telling us to do this. To reach forth unto those things which are before. Christ Jesus, he's the one before us now. That's where our faith is. I, my faith has found a resting place. It's in him. It's in Him. And go on, read verse 14 with me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're to look to Him always. But even when we 
don't, he's got a hold of us. When we don't have a hold of him, when we don't have our eyes turned towards him, it don't take long for him to bring our eyes right back to him, showing us how weak, how weak we are in the flesh. I realized something this morning. My desperation, my depression, if you want to call it that, is because I quit looking to Christ. I quit looking to my Savior. I started talking to me and other pastors about what do I do. I hate the fact that I'm a slacker. But when it comes down to it, I really am. I'm not looking to Christ who's holding me up every time I stand here before you. I see it's Him. We went to dinner with Mike and Becky Gilai after we went to the bank on Friday. And I don't say this to puff myself up or to do any of that. I say this because some of you say the same thing. And, and this is why John is here. This is why the Lord hasn't removed me from this place and put somebody else in it because you folks need to hear the gospel as much as I do. The gospel is important and precious to you as it is to me. And the Lord needs somebody here to preach it. And He's... You know what I mean, don't you? May our gracious God make our hearts pant for Him. Pant for His Son. Burn to hear the gospel of Christ and Him crucified like David did as the heart pants after the water broke. Listen to the Psalms 27.4. The psalmist David was writing these words. He says, One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire into His temple. Also in Philippians 3.10 we read these words, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made comfortable, I'm sorry, conformable unto His death. Back in our text in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, we read these words, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. There is such a divine authority which attends the preaching of His gospel that the most solemn business of this earth, of this world, is the business of preaching it and the business of hearing it. Look with me if you would again mark your spots in Hebrews and turn over to Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10 we read in verse 13 For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? This is how important the gospel message is to go out. This is how much how important it is for the man standing before you in the pulpit that you're sitting 
under to be preaching Christ and Him crucified because that's the only message God used to save His people. How are you going to call upon one who you've never heard of? Folks, there's billions of people in the world right now sitting under false gospels. Gospels of a, of a, of a God who can't do anything unless you let Him. Do you understand the grace of God's love in loving you to put you under the sound of the true gospel? Do I understand it? Maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't even know if it's that much. But it's true. His word just told us that. Didn't know what his word just said? How, you, how then shall you call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings. But they have not, verse 16, look at verse 16, Romans 10 verse 16, but they have not all obeyed. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah say the Lord, saith Lord, who hath believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? By the word of God. But I say they have not all heard. Yes, verily their sound went forth into all the earth, and their words into the ends of the world. But I say, did not all Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy. By them that are no people, by a, a foolish nation, I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I, have, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Let's look at one more if we would. We've got some time here. Would you turn over to Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at verse 23. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at naught all my counsel and with none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity, I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as a desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they have hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despise all my reproof. There shall they eat the fruit of their own way. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear and evil. Go back to our text, if you would, in Hebrews chapter 4. The word preached must be mixed with faith. It must be received by faith. It must be embraced in the arms of faith. Or the word preached is of no profit to our souls. The gospel now preached to us was preached to the Jews by Moses and Aaron. It had been preached by Enoch, Noah, and Abraham. 
It was preached to them by the types and the promises, the sacrifices and examples constantly held before them, but it did them no good. It did not save them nor profit them because they did not believe God. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 of our text of Hebrews 4. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now what we see here is plain and simple. The rest spoken of here is the rest of faith in Christ. It is the rest of salvation by works, the rest from the yoke and the burden of the law. Rest from all human effort to gain God's favor. Believers have an ease of heart is what it's saying. Peace of conscience and comforting assurance as we look to Christ and look to Him alone as the author and the finisher of our salvation. This is rest indeed. God has sworn to those who believe that they shall not perish. To see that, again, hold your place there in Hebrews chapter 4 and turn over to Matthew 11 for just a moment. Turn over to Matthew 11. Look with me at verse 28. The last three verses of Matthew chapter 11. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. This is talking about looking to Christ. Not look to Christ, but looking. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Turn now to the right over to Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5 verse 1, we read these words, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God our Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ. One more, if you would, over Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them. This is our peace. This is the peace that we have within us when Christ takes up residence in the hearts of his people. There is therefore now no condemnation. Our condemnation was laid upon him. It says, To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. One more verse back in our text, and we'll wrap it up there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4. For he spake in certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all of his works. Believers do not keep a seventh-day Sabbath. I know. Now I want to say something about that just quickly. I know of some who say they do not rest in the Sabbath spiritually, but they do physically because it's good for their body. And it may be. Our Lord tells us, and He gives us plenty of examples throughout His Word, that on the seventh year you should rest your crops so it may be that they're, they're correct about that, but they worship with those who do worship the day, the seventh day, as a spiritual rest. And they call it good for their souls. They'll, they'll, 
They'll turn away from hearing the gospel, the truth of the gospel, who Christ is, what he's done, where he is now, so that they can hang out with those that they don't believe their gospel, but they, 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 they worship on the Saturday, on the seventh day. It's good for their body. Folks, you can, you can take whatever day, you know, we in this country, we actually, man, we just, folks, we live in the greatest country on, on earth that ever has been on earth. You know, you work five days a week, you work five days a week and you get two days off, you get seven days vacation every year, some more. I'm not saying resting your body is not good for you, but giving up the truth of the gospel to save your body is giving up salvation to save something of this world. Plain and simple. That's all there is to it. You're not going to hear the truth of the gospel in a church that preaches you got to do something to be saved. That's all there is to it. If you're not hearing a message of true and sovereign grace, you're not hearing the gospel. Believers do not keep the Sabbath day Sabbath as they did in the Old Testament or the first day Sabbath as religious legalists would like us to do today. No, we keep the gospel Sabbath. The Sabbath of rest in our Savior. He is our Sabbath. He is our rest. As God ceased from His own works on the end of His first week, so we cease from our works when we trust in Christ. As God rests in His love, as we read in uh, Zephaniah 3, verses 14 through 17, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The king of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil any more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not. And to Zion, let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. So we rest. We sweetly rest in our Savior, resting in His blood, the blood of God. We sleep sweetly rest in His righteousness, the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. We sweetly rest in His goodness in His grace, in His power, in His providence, as Mike and I were talking about, His promise and His person. The Lord Jesus is our Sabbath. Period. Hebrews 12, verse 2, we read these words. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Folks, listen to these next words. For who the joy, who for the joy, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of our God. Amen.